Boom, 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 boom. Recording. Lumi, <laughs> I am so happy you're here with me. Um, can you tell me your full name? Because I think of you as Palumi, but you, your full name is not Palumi. It's not. Uh, my full name is Oluwak Palumi. But um, the I don't know I don't know why, but I think like culturally nobody ever says the first part. So it's even my parents call me Palumi grandparents. Everybody. Where did your name come? It's such a beautiful name. It's very um, poetic. Um, where did it's, your name come from? <laughs> I was born um, and I lived for a little bit in Nigeria. So it's a specific tribe in Nigeria. It's a Yoruba name. And what in what age did you leave Nigeria? When I was like almost nine. Okay. So you're like early years. Do you have mm-hmm. memories of Nigeria? What Nigeria was like? I do. Um, and also because my family is like in the grand scheme of like how large our family is, we're the only people here. So we do go back like a lot. So it's easy to like keep those memories, like continue to add on to them. I it's I'm so happy to get to learn a little bit more for about you. Um just for anyone who's listening or watching this, um Palumi and I have worked together a little bit through her work at the University of Washington um, in the research that she's doing there. And so I'm working on a project at Pinterest that connects with the stuff that she's doing. And so I got introduced to her through Jonathan Cantor, who is another really amazing professor and um, was just very intrigued as I was talking to Palumi one day, she mentioned some research and I was like, wait a second, wait a second. We need to talk about this on the podcast. Do you remember what we were, what that research was? Um, no, I think that it definitely, I'm trying to remember. I think it was something to do with definitely something to do with anxiety Um, And I think it was like interracial anxiety, which is usually sort of what we focus on um, in the lab and how we were trying to see if um, like we could come up with interventions to reduce the anxiety that people get in interracial reactions or relationships. And then we talked a little bit about just people who are like anxious in general, who just have general anxiety. Um, And we went through different ways or like different, you know what you call them, groups that we put them into to see if we could help with their overall general anxiety. Okay, that even wasn't it. And I'm fascinated by that. <laughs> so can you just give me a sense of your journey of like how you got to this point, how you ended up doing this research? Yeah, so I um, went to University of Washington and I was a psych major in uh, the BS program. And one of the requirements is to work in a lab. And uh, the way that I started working Jonathan's lab sort of feels like kismet because I had walked into the counseling office or the advisor's office to the psych building. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to start in a lab. I know no connections. And the advisor was like, Literally right before you came, there was a man who was looking for Black research assistants in his lab. And I was like, that's me. <laughs> and so he gave me his number um, and I called Jonathan. Um, and I'm sure from the little that you know about Jonathan, he's a very like chill person, kind of. Like he's not like super duper serious. So when I went in for the interview, it wasn't really an interview. He just was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, sure. So um, I started working there. You were like, and, is this how interviews normally work? Yeah. Like, 
sometimes I feel like I'm so casual. I'm like, and I, if, when I interview people, I think they're like, is this what an interview is actually, especially like if they're like young in their career. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, yeah, I like showed up like, <laughs> in like a really nice outfit. I was like ready to answer some questions. And he was like all over the place and not really one room at a time. And Amazing. Just, like, I'm ready so you to- weren't like, I want to do this research. Mm-hmm. You just were sort of like looking for opportunities and then you landed in it. Yeah. And yeah. where did the, how did, what did the research start as? So the first project that I was on um, was a coding project. So it was, uh, I think, like five or six of us learned how to code interracial interactions in a specific or using specific criteria. And so um, the specific interaction that we're looking at was two white people. So it was a white undergraduate student and a white confederate. And they were having an interaction that was planned, but they didn't know that the Confederate was a Confederate. Um, and so they went through different varying... Confederate means not Confederate means Southern person. No. <laughs> it, it means the person who's like your on your side. Yeah. 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 Um, and the interactions varied in like um, in severity of racism. So like the first one was about like the, like a certain monument um, that was ironically praising a Southern. It was a Confederate. Was it a Confederate monument? (laughs) And then the second one. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And the second one was, um, I think like a more, uh, I don't remember the scenario right now, but it was a more blatantly racist outcome. And then the third one was like super racist. It was like a um, frat party that had like a, essentially just like a black themed party. Um, And so we coded those interactions for the way that people navigated those scenarios and what they said and like how in the words that they used, whether or not they fit into the different categories that we had prescribed when it came to microaggressions. What? Oh my God. Fascinating. What were some of the things you saw? Like, I, is this done? Is this research done? Or are you still sort of in the middle of this? Um, I think it's done. That's a great question. I think it's done. Cause I think uh, Jonathan has written the paper on it. Um, But some of the things I saw, I think people, when you're talking to, I think when you're talking to another white person, um, you don't feel the need to sugarcoat your words as much. And so there were definitely just like either really blatant things or people would try to um, like talk away the racism in the scope of specifically the first one in the scope of heritage. They were like, Oh, this isn't heritage or this isn't racism. This is like tradition. And I think there was like, Oh, my family member was part of this. So obviously it's not racist because I have family members that were in the Confederacy. So it just was like really interesting to see what specifically microaggressions can look like, especially in what we consider like educated liberal school atmosphere. And um, what, how did anxiety fit into this as well? So that specific study didn't look at anxiety. We just looked straight at microaggressions. And then after that um, study was done, I think that study took quite a bit of time. Um, And it wasn't until I started working for him in like an employee capacity that I started like delving into what specifically was anxiety and interracial interactions. So almost like interracial anxiety versus like generalized anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. 
Can you tell me anything about that? Like, what have you seen? What have you? I actually don't know if I can, because I don't think that (laughs) I don't think, well, a couple of the studies are still ongoing and then some of them have been put on hold covid but i think that they're still occurring so i could i think i talk about it in a general sense but not specifically yeah tell me in the general sense like what are were, are some of your hypotheses about what might happen or like i don't know just anything that's sort of that you feel like you can talk about yeah um let's see i'm also super interested palumi in you as a nigerian background sort of watching American interracial conversations and like, how does that feel? I mean, obviously you've been here for so long since you were nine, so maybe not at all, but do you have any thoughts around that too? Um, I think like you mentioned, like, because I've been here for so long, it's hard to parse out like culturally what is different. Um, I think because I grow up and am still living with my very Nigerian parents like the cultural values of like collectivism is still something that is ingrained in me and how I navigate my everyday life and so I tend to view like uh, racial conversations in the ways that people think about themselves as individuals and I think like for me I find that that's where you run into the most problems because you think of yourself as a singular person in a system versus I am part of this system and we all have this goal for certain something. Um, So I know that a lot of the interracial anxiety or the interracial interactions have people feeling like they need to defend themselves as an individual versus like, how do I change my behavior to help the collective group? And so I don't know if that would be, um, if that would be a mediator for the way that people interact with other people, but it just feels like very individual centered. It's super fascinating. Do you think you're going to keep going down this path? Like, is this like your new path now that you're, you're going to be doing? I mean, how does this affect your life as a researcher and student? Yeah. Um, well, we also, I personally, um, and for like, Jonathan is sad about it, but I don't want to get my PhD in psychology. Like that's not my end goal. Um, my end goal is to be a doctor, specifically um, an obstetrician gynecologist. And I think like working in this lab, cause we do some health related um, bias stuff. I've seen a lot of like what it means for people in relation to like doctors treating people of color and like the bias that happens there. And so getting to learn about it is really interesting because now I'm like more motivated to hopefully be part of that system to help alleviate some of the anxiety or bias that black women face in that maternity or maternal field. You're needed. You're needed. I just hope the schools feel that way so that they can (laughs) let me through. Um, what, so you studied psychology as an undergraduate, right? Mm-hmm. And, and um, how do you think that that, I mean, what do you think you'll take away from that? Like, how has that shaped you with the other things you might want to do? Yeah, um, I, I, full disclaimer, only study psychology because I love criminal minds. And I was like, I think that all the people in criminal minds are so cool. So like, how do I do that? And they are like behavioral scientists, which is not an option at UW. And so psychology was like the closest, but being in the psychology major, 
it, I learned a lot about just like human interaction in general. And it's a little sad because it feels like for a lot of what I've learned is that we're not really as unique as we think we are. And like a lot of the stuff that we do is really just in response to the environment that we're in. And so um, I've just learned to like be more open when I talk to people because I think like we for, we don't realize how much we are shaped by the things around us. And we like to think again that we are these individuals in this cog but really the cog is what really is shaping us and we're much more similar than we I think that all the time I'm because I'm so aware of patterns and I'm always watching I have like a lot of pattern recognition orientation so I'm always watching how people what they say to each other and like what they tune into and I'm like this is the same like everyone has the same patterns so I guess like within that world considering we're the cog like how how do you think of individuals? Like, how, what do you think we do have control over? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. Um, I think, like, the environment and the way that, like, we are first introduced to things is not really in our control. But I think, like, yeah. the way that we then create a response to that thing is very much in our control. Um, and so going into, like, Going into college from like I went to a predominantly white high school to a predominantly white college, like I just had to learn that like these interactions that I'm having with these people, even though some of them are um, annoying, um, (laughs) I just have to change the way that I respond to these interactions because it doesn't serve me any purpose to be angry at every single interaction that is not helpful. That feels like such a burden on you. <laughs> it's always like, I can only change my response, but it is true. Actually. I mean, it's very Buddhist too. Um, did you, what's your own relationship with like mental health, not necessarily in your life, but just like um, perceptions in your family, things you've learned along the path or in your own life, mm-hmm. any of the above. Um, I think it wasn't really until I started working in this lab that I think I took anxiety seriously. I think it was just one of those things that I was like, oh, I'm really anxious all the time, but I just think that that's how everybody is. And like, that's just how we operate in this world is that everybody is incredibly anxious. Um, But working in the lab and like really understanding anxiety and like understanding how it shows up in people. um, I learned that I do very much struggle with anxiety and like I struggle uh, specifically in like future related things, which my working in a psych lab full of under or PhD students is very helpful because they are super knowledgeable. And so um, my friend um, who was one of the grad students said this thing to me that has like lasted me forever. And she was like, well, anxiety is future oriented, which I never really thought about, but has really shaped how I view what it, the way that I feel in certain moments. And I'm like, I'm anxious about something in the future. I get that. I can't really do anything about the thing that's happening in the future. So like, how do I alleviate some of that anxiety by focusing on things that are currently happening in the present? And so much as even just, just realizing like, Oh, this is anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that alone is like a huge win actually. I think. Um, yeah. Do you think that through watching people through studying people and anxiety, there's like a, um, just lack of awareness in how anxiety is affecting people? Like, do you look at your old self and like, Oh my God. Yeah. Anxiety was totally affecting me. Um, I think so. I think because it's like, I don't know. I think we, I, I'm trying to, I think in the space of 
this current generation, my generation, um, the idea of being labeled is something that we're really, really wanting. Um, and so we're more concerned about having this label to identify ourselves than we are about learning what this label is. And so I'll see videos on TikTok, for example, about like, I'm dealing with this thing. And then somebody will comment and be like, oh, this is a symptom of ADHD. And then everybody will be like, is this what this is? So this is what I have. And this is that. And it's like, I understand that there's definitely underdiagnosis in a lot of things, but we cannot just assume that these interactions or the way that we react in normal is a symptom of something else because we don't super know it. And so I think like more knowledge about what specifically things are. And I think it's hard because when you have like generalized anxiety, it's like a general form of just being anxious. So it's hard to really parse out those specific definitions. But I think we're all like grasping with the idea that like, well, we might not all be completely okay, but we don't really know what it is. So we're just grasping at whatever seems like it fits. You're totally right. It almost seems like another form of anxiety <laughs> to be like, <laughs> I need the label. I need this. Tell me now. And and this feeling like it's not going to change. Like that's the problem. Like a lot of these things like change a lot. They're a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Humans are like very complicated, but I see the desire for labels like so large these days and not just in mental health and everything like mm-hmm. I am this this is my racial identity this is my sexual identity this is my gender identity da, da, da. and it's like yeah but these things are pretty fluid sometimes like mm-hmm. in terms of the identity portion I just noticed that it's different than my generation I think for sure yeah it's interesting um I always ask my guests if there is something they would like to talk about so is there anything that you feel is under talked about or you've been interested in exploring that you'd like to share um I think like from you know the very small portion of that didn't make sense but from the short time that you followed me on social media like I'm a really big advocate for specifically women to fully understand their power and like under understand how inherently worthy they are and so that's something that I um I'm trying to find every day like my faith is really important to me and so standing in the truth of you know what God says about me what the what the the truth for my life is is that you know like I am chosen and I have a purpose and all of these things are really important to me because then it reminds me that my worth is not based on like the things that are happening outside in the world or like what the world has decided my identity is and my worth becomes inherent and becomes for me like my faith. So it becomes what I was created to do. And that for me has like helped a lot with how anxious I've gotten. And so my life purpose or goal is to like help women find that truth and like find the truth of what to be grounded in so that they don't go to the outside world to try to like find their own identity and realize just like how inherent it is. I think that's such a beautiful life's purpose. I mean, what are some of the ways that obviously becoming an obstetrician is one, but like, what are some of the ways that you imagine helping people with that? Or like, how have you done that in your life so far? Yeah. Um, that's also a great question. I think that it's definitely a, something that I'm navigating Um, I was, I felt really compelled at the beginning of quarantine when there wasn't a lot to do to start a podcast that hopefully helped come to terms with like the things that people are feeling about different things. So like different episodes about like, um, there's one about identity and like waiting and prayer and like all of these things that are really important to me and like 
the um that helped me ground myself. And I'm hoping that through that platform, other people feel compelled to do that digging for themselves and find that truth and find what grounds them. Do you think of yourself as an overthinker, Palumi? A hundred percent, like very much, (laughs) very, very much. I was like in a store with my sister the other day and I was like walked past this, um, clock and I just like overthought myself into a situation where I just became sad I was just like looking at this clock and I was just like everything is obviously horrible in looking at this clock in the middle of Target so it's definitely I totally understand I remember when I was giving when I was in labor with my daughter and it was you know it's yes there's a lot of pain involved but it's also like this really beautiful moment and and I said to my husband there is so much suffering in this building. I was like imagining the different floors. Like there's a cancer floor here. And he was like, um, nurse, we need some meds. <laughs> it was such a clear moment of like the pain I was feeling. Like I just immediately morphed it into mm-hmm. like spinning thoughts. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you have anything that really works for you? I mean, I think you've described some already, but do you have any little tips or tricks that work for you? Yeah, I, um, I, I don't know if this is helpful, but I let myself spiral in the direction that I think I need to go. And then I take every thought that could possibly happen and reason it out. So if I'm like anxious about school, then I'm thinking about this and this and this. And ultimately I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm never going to, you know, be a success. I'm going to fail. I'm going to, and then it's like, okay, take these things and hold it against the things that you know, that are true. Um, like I mentioned my faith before, like there's a verse that says like, um, take captive every thought and bring it into submission. So I take every single thought that I have that is leading me down this path of overthinking. And I'm like, okay, am I a failure right now? Like what are the steps that I'm taking to make sure that I'm not a failure? So obviously this thought is not in alignment with the actual reality. I mean, that's cognitive behavioral therapy. You're just like naturally doing it. Um, I want to thank you so much for being with me, Palumi. I have really enjoyed talking to you. I've always like noticed your spark on our calls and it's just nice to get to know you more and get to talk to you. So thank you so much. Of course. When Jonathan called me and he was like, oh, I'm doing this project with Pinterest. Do you want to come? And I was like, um, absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. I use Pinterest every day of my life. Amazing. <laughs> like, what I is your favorite it. like item to po- to pin on Pinterest? Ooh, great question. I um, started curating, I don't know if what you would call like my personal account to um, find all the different little sub things in fashion and make boards specifically for black women. So like nails, hair, clothes, like all of its um, highlights, all black women. Cause sometimes it's a little hard to. Yeah. Find and by the way, like, I think there's going to be a lot more content coming. I've seen some amazing new people joining the platform that are going to make more stuff. And the team is working really hard to make sure that like you're able to find that and, and like curate that. So fingers crossed it gets even, it gets better on that. (laughs) Um, Okay. Thank you again. Have a great day. And uh, I will see you in our next meeting. Yes. Bye. (laughs) Bye.